Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and your aunt going through a real messy divorce. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. And that's why she's into crystals. She needs something else to think about. You should send her this podcast. Oh, she would love it. She would love it. On today's episode, angels, witches in the news, and a spell to banish that evil eye. I'm doing really great. I'm working on such a really cool project right now. So I'm producing and directing this web series called Ghost Town. Okay, so you know how Donald Trump was like, all of New York is a ghost town, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I'm familiar. Yes. As you might be aware, as someone who was in New York during COVID and can attest that it was not a ghost town. I was here. Even if it was very sad. (laughs) So that is... Kind of how the idea for this web series came about was what if a ghost hears that and is like, now is the chance for me to make my dreams a reality. Yeah, my community. Exactly. So she packs up her bags from fucking Minnesota and moves to New York City so that she can do her dream, which is starring in the play Our Town by Thornton Wilder. (laughs) Her fucking dream. That's her dream. So she has to recruit this ragtag group of ghosts and try to convince them to be a part of her play. But of course, they're like, I really like my house. So she has to like entice them and wheedle them into like joining her. And it's fun. That sounds fucking hilarious. And so we have launched a crowdfunding campaign and we're really close to getting to our goal. We are only trying to raise $5,000 and we're already at the $3,000 mark. If anyone wants to help out, we're going to drop that link below. Help some struggling artists just make a really goofy, cathartic web series about a bunch of ghosts trying to have their dreams because it's never too late to go after your dreams. It's never too late to go back to school and get that (laughs) AA. You can be an actress. Who cares if you're dead? (laughs) Tagline. That's amazing. That's so funny. So how did you get into this project so I met two of the other creators through a feature film that I worked on like two years ago and then the third creator who is the awesome woman at Spotify who made like that rising moon sun sign thing a few weeks back like in one of the Spotify I don't know what they are oh like their their playlists like their predetermined playlists no it's like the one where It'll like analyze what music you're listening to and be like, this song is your sun sign. This song is your moon sign. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She worked on that. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So we got together like during COVID and we've been working on this project since about like November of 2020. So, you know, it was just like collective boredom, collective depression, normal Mm -hmm. depression. And we were like, let's do something funny. Make a funny web series. Why not? Just like a bunch of funny people. Yeah. So part of the creation of that crowdfunding campaign was the story that you spoke about, like walking through Times Square and like being in this ghost costume. With the guy who did terrible caricature of me. I think quite exquisite caricature. Okay. At your gallery, I want to see it hanging. Okay. I'll do that. Should be at the entrance. I'll put it. So Gowanus Open Studios is in October and I'll put that up. 
on the oh, front okay, of my okay. door. That would be perfect because, you know, spooky month, a ghost, but not mm-hmm. quite a ghost. No one knows what that picture really was of. It'll be like a thousand years from now. It'll be like this little crumpled piece of paper, like the Dead Sea Scroll that they'll pull out of a Launched cave. into space. <laughs> what was this? It's that in like the Beatles collection. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, yes. Uh, the, the aliens are like, this must be their god king. Oh, the 2000s. <laughs> oh, the 2000s. <laughs> what a time to be alive. So that's what I'm up to. What are you up to, baby? I mean, sort of funny on the topic of ghosts and projects is that my show for Sweet Lorraine Gallery opens September 9th. I'll be having, I'll be having, I'll be summoning and having a open reception. Ooh, a party, a soiree, I Which you can come to. I mean, I'm going. I mean, you, you could, you are coming. You have to be there. I really don't have a choice. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) But also... You know, Baby Witches, if you're in New York City or Brooklyn, September 9th from 6 to 8 p.m., I'll be over at Sweet Lorraine Gallery and you can come and see my show. So my show is a, and why I say sort of funny on the topic of ghosts, is a pseudo-historical account of this seance in Westfield, Indiana. Amazing. Actually, in Right by 18- that Target. Right by that Target <laughs> where the Fox Hollow murders were. Yep, literally right by that Target. Fucking yeah. terrifying. The idea is, is that I've done, I've been doing a bunch of this research about sort of the towns that we grew up in and around in middle school and elementary school and high school. That's the time that you grow up. Anyway, yeah. and looking at the different kinds of natural disasters that happen in that area, because when you think about natural disasters, you think about like sea levels rising and you think about the fires and you think about the earthquakes, but people don't really think about floods and mm. storms, which are, and landslides, which are just absolutely obliterating like yeah. Central America or sort of Central North America. So I've been researching a bunch of these natural disasters from the 1800s in Central Indiana and taking sort of names and places and events and aligning them with this seance that happened with these three girls who hold a seance and are visited by this creature named Wretch. Ooh. And Wretch gives them these visions. And the visions are what you see in the gallery, which have been lit with like LEDs. Oh, cool. And so it'll be an entirely dark gallery with these sort of glowing, luminous prints on the wall. Ooh, spooky. And I like bought a white dress like very midsummer and like. And you're going to do it up? Are you doing like the flower crown? I'm getting into it. I'm working on making a LED like tiara situation so that I also glow. But it's kind of funny. Anytime I think about it, I then also have this other layer of trauma response that is I'm like nine years old at a birthday party and and it's my birthday party and I'm wearing the pointy hat and no one else has showed up and I'm sitting at the long table and there's a bunch of plates with like uneaten cake on them and I'm just waiting for all my friends to show up and get their goodie bags but no one's coming to my party so that is to say that all of you do have to come (laughs) again to my open reception at Sweet Lorraine September 9th I'm not worried about it I'll be there and I can eat lots of cake so it'll be like everyone ate their cake it'll be I just like go down the line like one plate at a fucking time yes actually (laughs) and then on today's topic have you ever played the game Bayonetta. No, I don't know what this is. It sounds like war. So Bayonetta is very much in our genre of this woman, this thousand-year-old witch that wakes up out of her fucking sarcophagus, having lost her memory, and the emissaries of God 
come down and try to put her back in the fucking ground. Where's the game? You play as Bayonetta. What? And basically what you do... This is a losing game. She has to go through and kill all of the different levels of angels in order to get to God and kill God. That's metal. And her entire body, and this is going to sound really gross, but Uh it's actually really cool, is made of her living hair. So she has this really long hair that covers her body to make this really cool, like, skin-tight bodysuit. And then when you, like, do magic, your, like, hair comes off and you're, like, kind of sexy naked. And your hair turns into, like, a giant dragon that, like, chomps the face off of angels and shit like that. And it is fucking the best game ever. It's so good. It's basically all button mashing, which is the kind of game I like. It's just, like, hack and slash where there's not any skill to it. It's almost entirely, like, hyper visuals wait what happens when you reach god i'm not gonna fucking tell you do you kill him you do kill him (gasps) if you win the game oh my god no wonder we can't find any sponsors (laughs) (laughs) murder no Um, there's also sort of like a lesbian love story underlying of like this other witch who plays for the other side of like these witch covens who wears only white who has also lost her memory and is trying to like kill bayonetta but is also like having these flashbacks of like their love this is wild yeah it's really beautiful game how do you play it like what are you on when i played the first one it was on xbox 360 i bet you they have it on xbox and also probably on steam or whatever is xbox 360 still a thing no they don't make new games okay but there was a bayonetta 2 that i didn't get a chance to play but i bet it's also equally good and just really overwhelmingly extra so much extra that's wild so i guess on that topic we're talking about killing angels right we're here with our blood katanas <laughs> dipped in silver and our very long hair that we've attached dumbbells to that we're just kind of oh, whipping yeah. around Ooh, cool and we are david and the angels are pow, goliath pow but in order to kill an angel you must know about them that's true you have to do your research which we've done for you i love that I want to preface some of this research with the fact that one of the big questions that we got from Patreon is, are there angels outside of Christian mythos? That's a great question. If you take angel, like capital A angel, and all of the structure that goes around it, it seems very attached to Abrahamic religions. Okay. But if you take angel as in like winged human, it seems that that exists in many, many cultures. Mm -hmm. And then as we've moved into like this neo-pagan era, a lot of angel archetypes have moved into like their own set of like worship and mythos so i just want to preface that a lot of this is fucking biblical and i know that that can get exhausting especially if you grew up within the church and i found it sometimes to be very sort of exhausting but it gets dense it can get very dense yeah but this episode it's gonna be light it's gonna be funny you're gonna love it and then you're gonna come to my show September 9th. After donating to my crowdfunding campaign. Exactly. Actually, in order to get in the door, you do have to give Oh, you have to show receipt. Yeah, yeah, it's like an electronic receipt. You have to show the email from... From the Indiegogo. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, come on in. Come on in. Free wine and beer for people that show their ID. Okay. So, angels. The question of the millennia. What are angels? What are they made of? What do they sound like? And who the fuck are they talking to? I want to to? know what they're made of. Oh, we're going to get into it. Gold. They're heavy. They're really heavy. Angels, in the traditional sense, are spirits that enter to some kind of divine plan or divine master. 
quote unquote angel is more so a title or position than a classification of creature. There is a hierarchy to biblical angels that separate them by their closeness to the divine and their role in the universe. So the angels, they got jobs. Yeah. They come into this world. They have something to do. It's not a lot of mixing and matching. Capitalism at work, even in the heavens. <laughs> there's a boss. There's a manager. There's a general manager. It kind of is, though. So Alicia and I watched what I choose to believe is a National Geographic documentary on angels called Angels. How they are. It was very interesting. Did you watch the YouTube version? Yes. And it said that it was like an hour and a half, but I think it's... Just repeats for the second half at 45 minutes, right? Exactly. I was like, am I fucking going crazy? I was only half listening to it, but... I'm sure we've covered this. Deja vu. Yes. So it's available on YouTube in its entirety, and I guess in its duplicity. (laughs) And the documentary was like, all right, there's two major categories of angels. As I said before, our visual idea of angel as human with wings Mm -hmm. and our supernatural like Entity Capital A Angel. And sometimes they intersect and sometimes they don't. For speaking about the visual archetype of humans with wings, that image is fucking everywhere. Yeah. It is in New York City. It's in the Great Plains. It's on the Christmas tree. It's on the top and amongst the branches. It's true. Yeah. There's the Egyptian mother goddess Isis, who has the wings of a kite, which is a bird of prey. Not the kite kite. But that'd be cool, too. Lei Gong, the Chinese Lord of Thunder, who has bat wings. That's so scary. Super fucking cool. Nike, the Greek goddess of victory. And if you remember the valiant statue in Animal Crossing, that is the very poorly cared for image of Nike. (laughs) Peri, the mischievous and beautiful Persian spirits. Ooh. And the Mananagal, which are spooky vampire-like bat creatures from the Philippines that can separate their upper torso from their lower extremities like a goddamn lizard. Like they cut in half? You grab onto their little feet, they'll just detach their feet and fly away. (gasps) Bye-bye. Okay, but what if you grab onto the head part? Do you have, like, which is the meat? Which is? Which is the head of the lizard? I bet the head. The head of the snake. Which part do I need to kill? Which part can you tread on? (laughs) Which part do I need to kill? In order to sleep good at night. It's true. So this is the question is, do angel angels have wings? Capital A, angels. The oldest surviving image of an angel dates back to the second century in Rome, Italy. It appears on a series of frescoes on the walls of the catacombs of Priscilla. The catacombs of Priscilla were named for the wife of the Roman senator Manius Asilius Glabrio, who converted to Christianity and then was executed on the grounds that he and a bunch of his senatorial friends were plotting against the emperor. Yada, 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 his wife made this tomb that is just fucking filthy with illustrations from the Bible. Filthy gorgeous or filthy? I guess like filthy, filthy they're just everywhere. Oh. As if you... Busy. Gacked. A very busy. A very... Very busy catacombs. We came here to rest and there is no resting. No, no, no. And in the scene, the Annunciation, which is where the angel Gabriel comes down to see Mary and is like, Mama, you got to pee on this stick because I have something to fucking tell you. (laughs) You are not going to believe this. Oh, no. And the angel Gabriel, in this depiction of the Annunciation, does not have wings. Just a dude. Well, that's sad. The oldest surviving image of a winged angel comes from the Byzantine Empire on a coffin called the Prince's Sarcophagus. If you Google the Prince's Sarcophagus... There's a lot of sarcophagus. A lot of princes. And a lot of princes throughout time. A lot of dead ones, too. More dead than living, I would say. So I found it really difficult to find this depiction, but around the 4th century CE, this wing angel 
appears on the sarcophagus and then suddenly appears all over Europe. It just explodes as a visual archetype. Medieval Europe took the winged angel and fucking ran with it, throwing them up on mosaics, church doors, Christmas cards. And one of the explanations I found for this shift is that in some cases, angels were said to be indistinguishable physically from the mundane human, like, you know, catacombs of Priscilla. Mm -hmm. And similar to the halo, which is meant to convey someone's divine blessing or connection to the divine, the wings of an angel were simply a visual signifier for their position in the hierarchy of heaven. Because not only does it make them other than the common human, it allows them like access to the heavenly realm. Because heaven is up. Yes. So you got to get up there. You got to fly. But the idea was that like they didn't actually have wings, that they were just used like when we're drawing them. We don't want them to get confused with regular humans. So we will draw them with sort of like these spirit wings or whatever. Mm, that makes sense. Plus, if you look at a lot of gods and goddesses with wings, they all come with elements of like communication and swiftness, which is something that angels were supposed to be doing, is that they sort of were able to fly long distances and communicate God's message. Which begs the question, what do angels, actual angels, look like? And not just people? And not just people. Ooh, I don't know. So first off, what is the first thing that angels always seem to say to humans when they appear to them? Be not afraid. Yeah, and they always yell it. And they yell it so loud. And it's like, well, now you spooked me. I'm scared. I was sleeping. (laughs) You're coming in here, tell me I'm fucking pregnant, and you're going to yell at me? That's so rude. I didn't do anything wrong. Which makes me think, are these angels very scary i would believe it and it turns out that sometimes they are (gasps) no so i'm gonna quote some scripture and i'm sorry but maybe i'll do it in a funny voice and make it less traumatizing so in isaiah 6 i don't even know how to read this 6 2 to 8 the angels are described as having six wings one to cover their faces which is a sign of humility one to cover their feet which is a sign of respect and one to fly with so from this passage we know that they have faces and they do have feet okay 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 so this is just six wings though i just don't understand why it seems like that's a lot of extra wing to be flying around with to not be used for flying unless it is like your little like face wings yeah maybe like maybe they're like a fan oh like they're really maybe it's hot up there it's close to the sun i was literally about to say i'm so sorry no that's the greatest minds only think alike (sighs) In the book of Ezekiel, there is a described vision of heaven, and it sounds fucking insane. So I'm going to read it to you. Tell us. I looked, and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Already. What? I'm very scared. Me too. Their legs were straight. Their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. So they're very shiny and very witchy. And like cow legs. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands, which I'm thankful for. But maybe also terrified because now they can hold tools. Yeah, with their little cow feet. Each of the four had the face of a human being and on the right, Each had the face of a lion, and on the left, the face of an ox, and each also had the face of an eagle. And it doesn't tell you where the eagle face is, but I'm afraid to ask. It's in the... 
and each had two other wings covering its body. I'm losing count of the wings. This is a lot going on. The appearance of the living creature was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. And this entire scenario sounds like worst acid trip you could possibly have in the desert. Ezekiel or Isaiah, they have a wild imagination. So right here, I want you to sit down and imagine this nightmare shows up to your apartment to tell you that you are pregnant. And I yells. can't even visualize it, honestly. There was so much going on. I don't even know where to put all of it. It's too many faces. I can't do this. No. And it says to you, be not afraid. I'm spooked. <laughs> like a horse. I'm running. Because you rang my doorbell and it was not Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> so now I'm trying to figure out what to do with you. <laughs> now you're here. Do you need a glass of water? All right, come in. Tell me about the book of the Lord. Sit down. So it goes on to say, as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. They sparkled like topaz, which is my birthstone. Gorgeous. And all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting another wheel, so like a time turner. And as they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creature faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went, which is the most confusing. I'm like getting nauseous thinking about it. There's too much movement. Their rims were high and awesome, which, okay, I mean, that's an opinion. And all four <laughs> rims were full of eyes. Wait, wait, wait. Awesome. Was that in the Bible? It was. <laughs> it was totally sick. <laughs> so there's just this intersecting, ever moving and rotating eyeball Ugh. wheel. Which I'm more afraid of. Yeah. Because I don't know if it can speak. And if it did come to me and tell me not to be afraid, I would feel like I'm about to get mugged. Yeah. Then it seems, if they're not balls to the wall, metal music beneath the moon, they are quite literally not visible at all. So they're ghosts. Yes. In fact, there is some debate as to whether Mary, the mother of Jesus, actually saw the angel Gabriel when he came to drop the drama bomb of the fucking century. <laughs> because he doesn't say that he appears or reveals himself to her, and she doesn't respond to his physical form, but rather his voice. The actual passage says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. After Gabriel shows up and he's like, what's up, chosen one? Be not afraid. Be not afraid. She's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Where'd that come from? I own no property. It's not going to go well for me. I can't vote. I can't vote. They don't even listen to me. And then again, angels really seem to like showing up in the form of mundane humans, even when they're here to fuck shit up, like in Sodom and Gomorrah. They like come down. They're like, I'm just a dude. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, God is going to destroy your super gay city. <laughs> they're like, no. No, our gay city. Why? So one of the questions we had is where do they come from? Where do they go? Where do they come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> Only Cotton Eye Joe knows. And we have to find him. Where did he go? With the unicorns. The creation of angels is not mentioned in any Abrahamic text. There is not God created the heavens and the earth and then created the angels. <laughs> that is not something that happened. They just popped up. Kind of did. There is a passage that says when God was like spooky ooky swirling together all of existence in his chamber pot, the, quote, sons of God shouted for joy. And sometimes this gets translated to the angels shouted for joy. So we know something. Somebody was around and they were yelling. What if it was just like his 10 corgis? 
The sons. The sons. The chosen sons. The very good boys of the God. The disciples of God. <laughs> God, so funny. Some people believe that if you're good enough when you die, you become an angel. Like an all dogs go to heaven? Yes. Yeah. But apparently, none of Alicia's angels are relatives of hers. Allegedly. As said the psychic. Allegedly. Now, I don't know who the fuck they are. I mean, I had to have 12 angels. Like, that's how much they don't trust me. <laughs> Everybody's got to be watching I'm her. like running around. They take shifts. <laughs> Every few hours. They clock in, clock out. But what are angels made of? Sugar spice and everything nice. And a little bit of... Chemical X. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to introduce you to someone. This man, his name is Thomas Aquinas. Okay. He started off as kind of, you know... Just a dude. A loosey-goosey man whore type. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was always wanting to fuck his cousins. And then was visited... I believe the story is that he heard God's voice through a brick wall in his garden... And then was sort of overcome with this feeling of purpose. And that purpose was to find out the nature, like the physical nature of all divine things. His neighbors must think he's crazy. <laughs> he was like, we were just having a barbecue. <laughs> Fucking Aquinas is over here preaching the Lord's word now. Like, that's the shit I said yesterday. That's my story. That's my fun joke. <laughs> he's fucking Tim Allen, the tool man's yes. neighbor. He's peeking over. Peeks over. <laughs> So Thomas Aquinas was an extremely influential theologian and Catholic priest from the mid-13th century. He's real old. Real old. While he has plenty of deeply problematic views on marriage and his research on the material or immaterial nature of Satan did lead directly to the structures that created the witch trials. He was invited to the barbecue. He just decided not to show up. Too many women Too and many pants. Women. He spent a lot of time researching the material nature of angels. Someone had to. Now I want you to come into the weeds with me. Okay. Get your galoshes on. Okay, my machete. Your big, your blood katana. Yes. To kill the angel if it comes out of the reeds. If it pops up, it's gone. So Aquinas was known as Dr. Angelicus. Oh my God. Or the angel doctor. And a big question for him throughout his life was what is the divine and how do we know that it exists? Which is basically like, if I think, does that mean that I am? No. No, it doesn't. Most likely not. If we accept that the divine exists because we have to believe it. If you live in a world of 13th century Europe, the divine exists. So if we accept that it exists, that must mean that it's made up of something because everything is made up of something. But what is the nature of something? Nothing. Bingo. One theory is universal helomorphism, which is a very cool word. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is that Everything except the core of divinity is made up of matter, that it is a corporeal matter, which is what humans and trees and grass are made of, okay? That's corporeal matter. And then there's spirit matter, which is like angels and like their trumpets. And Aquinas said, no, if it's spiritual, it's immaterial because it's still a part of the divine. So other scientists are saying, okay, there's like, you know, reality atoms, and then there's like spirit atoms. And they're two separate things that exist separately, but they're still made of like matter. So there's neutrons and electrons and angel neutrons and electrons. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Got it. The only thing that's not made up of matter is like God. But Aquinas is like, no, no, no. Everything that's in the spirit is God. That's why like when you fucking weigh bodies after they're dead and the spirit leaves that's the holy part of you like you're not losing matter that's crazy do you weigh less 
I thought it was just because you shit yourself out. You fucking shit yourself? Yeah. We should cover this, but there were scientific studies, quote unquote scientific studies, on how much the human soul weighs. And it's like 0.8. You mean I could be skinnier without a soul? Yeah. I mean, you should give it up, honestly. It's like dead weight. It doesn't do anything for you. How do I get rid of it? Is there a black market? There is for organs. There is for organs, and I bet that means there is for souls. That unemployment's going to run out soon, so... (laughs) I'm on a timeline. I'm on a timeline. I want to go to Arizona. (laughs) So the idea is that angels, they do not have corporeal bodies. But angels aren't just floating flutes of gas with no thoughts or desires or will of their own. It's pretty universally accepted that angels are intelligent. Because for one instance, they do rebel because Mm -hmm. Satan is an angel. They have thoughts and ideas and desires. And agendas. And agendas. And jobs. And jobs. And... They can, quote-unquote, assume bodies, but these bodies aren't considered to be alive in the sense that they derive no pleasure from having bodies. Like, they don't take shits, and they don't get sick, and they aren't actually made of matter. The reason that they assume bodily forms or appear to have bodies and visions is for the benefit of human beings who almost exclusively give merit to the material world. So when they touch you or speak to you or flap their fucking sexy bird wings, it's actually a game of telephone where what is happening to you is so beyond your human comprehension that the angels are like, instead of blowing your little tiny human mind, I'm going to make it seem like I am playing this harp when actually I'm doing like, like you can't fucking understand it. gook, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever watched the miniseries Angels in America based off of the Tony Kushner plays? No. One, they're amazing. Wonderful. Two, there's also like angel sex. And it's just like, you know, the angel touches you and it's like, ah! It's very, very intense. So that's kind of what I was thinking while you were talking. Yeah. It was just the Tony Kushner angel sex. (laughs) The 80s, I don't know. So this gets to the age-old question of how many angels can dance on the edge of a pin? Why is that a question? It's like one of the old like mind twisters. It's not a tongue twister because it's easy to say, but it's like one of the mind twisters of like if an angel isn't made of matter, but it does appear to us in a certain form, which is of a certain size, can multiple angels exist within the same space and dance on the head of a pin? Yeah. Can't they stack? Like Jenga? Yeah. And then you pull they go it up. up all the way up to the sky. Yeah. Like a Tower of Babel. Oh, do you have an answer to this? Because I, I don't even understand. No. So basically Aquinas is like, the angels would be like, why are we talking about pin? The pin is of no concern. I'm here to give you divine light. That's a fool's answer. The pin does not exist. I had a better answer. Yes. Stack them. One on top of the Rack other. Rack them, stack them. So that is the physical nature and the birthplace of the angel. I love it. Now we're going to talk about the hierarchy of angels. Because Alicia thinks vertically. I think vertically. It helps me. Got a lot of shit to do. There are three spheres, three choirs, three tiers of angels. And this is very Christian angelology, which I did not realize was a word. And it is a word. And I wish I could have studied it. Yeah. I mean, demonology. That's awesome. Is really fucking metal and interesting. What job could I get with it? Probably the same job I could get with an MFA in film directing. Working at Starbucks? (laughs) They have benefits, yo. They have really good benefits (laughs) and paid time off. And sick days. They aren't held together. They're not fucking around. So here's our first sphere. Our first sphere, our first tier, the first sphere of angels see and worship God directly. And they communicate his will to the other angels who are closer to the life of man. So they're like the the boss. So God, Mr. G, he's like the CEO. 
These are like the other people. The board of the directors. Well, I don't know. They're a little more hands-off board of directors, aren't they? Okay, so this is like... Kind of like right under him. So they're like... CFOs? So let's say the national directors at the McDonald's. Okay. So each country has their own person in charge, the Mickey D's. And then there's Mr. McDonald. Then there's Mr. McDonald. This is a perfect metaphor, honestly. We've got the Seraphims. They're the highest rank in Christian angelology and in the fifth rank of 10 in the Jewish angelic hierarchy. In Hebrew, the word seraph means burning and is used seven times throughout the text of the Hebrew Bible as a noun, usually to denote serpent, which raised some huge red flags for me. Because if this is like the original form of an angel is like a winged serpent, I can't handle no wonder you're like, don't freak out. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You come to my house. Calm the fuck down. And it's like, you chose to wear that here? It's just rude. <laughs> we also got the cherubim. So these are the chubby little baby angels, like the little fat guys you see everywhere. They have also been represented in ancient Middle Eastern art as a lion or a bull with eagle's wings and a human face and regarded in traditional Christian angelology as an angel of the second highest order of this celestial hierarchy i don't know what they do i don't know what their fucking jobs are besides like meddling in mischief the cherubim i feel like is the seraphim's executive assistant they're just helping mostly meddling but helping as well then we've got the thrones and these angels bring justice these are like a little weird back in 1996 this bitch named rosemary ellen guiley guiley who's a spiritual and occult writer wrote that the thrones are creatures that function as the actual chariots of God driven by the cherubs. Wait. So the cherubs, actually, they fly the airplanes, the private jets. The thrones are the planes. <laughs> the seraphs get in to go... In their suits. Yes, to yeah. go to their national director's convention yes. to discuss how to get Mr. G more Gs. To discuss climate change. Oh, no. And the effects of global warming. I hope those thrones are carbon neutral. Yeah, the thrones are characterized by peace and submission, and God rests upon them. I don't know if that means he sleeps, because I don't think Chris Jenner sleeps, so I don't know why God is sleeping. I imagine that they're all in, like, gimp outfits. You know how they, like, dress in full leather, and, like, their mistress or their daddy sits on top of them, and it's, like, some kind of, like, sexual Ooh. release to be used as furniture. Yes. Thrones are depicted as great wheels containing many eyes. Oh, that's it. That's what you were talking about. Holy shit. And reside in the area of the cosmos where material form begins to take shape. I don't know what that means. That just sounds like space. They're somewhere in space. They chant glorias to God and remain forever in his presence. So they're also like the real talky ones. So it's like... How? They're wheels. They're like a chatty wheel airplane machine. Cosmos. Yeah. Do they have teeth? I don't know. But they... <laughs> Mate, ooh, they mate out divine justice and maintain the cosmic harmony of all universal laws. So they're like groupies, kind of. Okay, this I get. God groupies. God, plane, chariot. Thingy. So these ones are not going to be the ones that are, you know, going to go up against God. So first sphere, very like God's known them since high school. Like they're not going to fucking do anything <laughs> weird to them. Yeah. Yeah. All loyalty here. Second sphere of angels work as heavenly governors of the creation by subjecting matter and guiding the ruling spirits. So they're basically like the angel politicians. We've got dominations or lordships, which is quite a title, I think, for an angel, a lordship. They regulate the heavens, you know. They literally hand out assignments. They're issuing traffic tickets. Like, 
trying to make sure you don't get out of line. Then we've got the virtues, and they control the elements and nature. So they're like the angel's groundkeepers. Sometimes they perform miracles, but no one wanted to give me an example of what these miracles were, so I'm not really sure. But they're supposed to be shaped like little sparks of light, and I like that. Oh, that's cute. That's, that's kind of nice. like, you know, fairy. Very fairy. Yeah. Very sweet and demure. And then we have the powers or authorities. So these protect mankind from evil. And I just kind of like imagine that they fight a lot, like National Guard or something. <laughs> Does the National Guard do anything? Do they fight? I don't know if the National Guard fights. I think what they do is they respond to natural disasters and like helicopter people out of Hurricane Katrina and stuff. I could fall into this. Protecting mankind from evil. They like pair up with the thrones and then they go into areas of wildfires and then they put out the wildfires. Mm, They're the Smokey the Bear. They are. Smokey the Bear is not only a cryptid, he is also an angel. He is also an angel. And then the third sphere. So these are the messengers, guides, and protectors. They're like our little angelic postal service hard at work. We've got the principalities or the rulers. They're concerned with the welfare of the nations, overseeing groups of people, and making sure your grandparents remember to go to church. They're the head honchos of this angelic postal service. They're like watching over you. They're like, I got the Presbyterians. You can get the atheists, whatever. Someone needs to watch them anyway. You get the anarchists. You can have the communists. Like they just kind of branch out like that, you know? You get the artists. That's a big one. They need a lot of help. They need a lot lot of attention. Yeah. Then we have the archangels. So this is like the chief angel. These are your famous Christian angels like Gabriel and Michael. They were archangels. They're the ones that come down to tell you when the big flood is coming and how to prepare for that. Or like when the apocalypse is about to occur. Uh, You notice nothing happened for COVID because they were like, they're fine. Okay, that's true because they say at the end of times, Michael is going to toot his little trumpet it's supposed to be like deafening blare of a horn, and we haven't heard that yet. And so. there's something to do with horses, and it's... Yeah. Oh. Then we've got the angels, or the plain angels. And these are lowest in the order of celestial beings, and these are the ones who care about you. So in the big scheme of things, this angel you're talking to, he ain't going to the boss. How are he going to get to the boss? No. God, there... do you see the first sphere? got to like fucking punch a groupie to get up there it's not van's warp tour it's not that easy <laughs> yeah so these ones just like regular old people like you and me and your friend's baby and within the plain angels are guardian angels and that's your signed personal angel like angels in the outfield like angels in the outfield this is the one you should be trying to listen to you shouldn't really be asking them for requests because as you just heard there's a lot of red tape and being an angel. They've actually never seen God. No. They've only heard of his existence. Yeah, they've we only don't know. read his newsletter in the mail. Exactly. He does like the editor. What's it called? Letter from the editor? Letter from the editor. Why was it so hard? I don't know. I don't know. I only read bird magazines. It's like letter from the birds. That's adorable. It's very cute. It's actually a very common belief that regardless of your practicing religion, every single person has an angel assigned to them. So, Tara, you have an angel. Why didn't that fucking psychic bring it up? Because you only have one. Well, why? He was probably like, bitch, you have 12. <laughs> you know? They're like, oh, I mean, you're well, you're well protected, ma'am. You're fine. For you, he was like, ah, just the one. It's fine. Whatever. 
So these are also the ones you can be mad at when something bad does happen to you because obviously they weren't paying attention. So it's not my fault. No. I think you can easily blame it on like casual Friday up in the heavens or something. She's too busy picking out her fun Aloha shirt. They were like, oh, it's 4 p.m. Like, let's drink a beer. (laughs) The workplace. (laughs) And then you fall in a ditch. Like, come on. It's crazy. And one of our big questions was how to know if an angel visits you. How do you know? I hear the voice that says, be not afraid. Maybe. No. But a lot of them don't. I don't know. They don't like the big gestures. It's very biblical. It's very like dated, you know. They try to be a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. A lot more people now, too. Because someone else might be like, what? And it's like, it wasn't, the message was not meant for you. Sorry, this bodega is really small. Actually, like you're dying tomorrow and really there's nothing we can do about it. I'm so sorry. We got to move on. So unlike unicorns, there's a lot of information on the internet about angels. And none of them are necessarily reputable. But a few of them did share overlapping beliefs, so those are the ones we're going to highlight. If you see a white feather, allegedly the most common of the angel visitation signs, a white feather may cross your path in an extremely unlikely location, like at the Costco Deadly Line, the Staten Island Ferry, or in the McDonald's parking lot. And it's a sign. It is said to arrive at times when you are most in need. It is the angel's way of saying, I'm with you, you're not alone. Buck up, kid. You deserve that eight-piece chicken nugget. You know what's crazy, though? Tell me. So I'm going to Miss Casey Lynn. She had her, like, art show the other day. Yes. And so I take the Uber to the first train station. I get out. All white feather. You did not. After I was just like, I'm going to fucking mock this shit so hard. I had just done this research, and then I saw a white feather, and I was like, motherfucking seagulls out to get me over here. (laughs) I don't know what it means. Angels were looking over watching you like write all these hot jokes, Eric Spence. And they're like, she forgets where she comes from. She forgets. She's not paying us. (laughs) We could leave. (laughs) Music is another sign. So where I was hesitant about the white feather until like two days ago, the music thing I can actually really get behind because this happens to me like a decent bit. And it's basically... There are songs you love. There are songs you, the listener, are like, oh, if any of my friends were like, what song do I like? They'd be like, oh, this person was obsessed with this song. You know, like certain things like that. And so if you hear one of those songs, and I'm not talking about top 40, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're distanced from that. If you hear it in like an unlikely location, it's supposed to mean that it's a way for the angel to be like lifting up your spirits or reminding you of their presence. This happens to me often enough where I get like weirded out well that's why you have so many angels is because they are a 12-piece band and they need a brass section and they need like a bass and and there's a singer yeah so that is probably why you have so many so when you're at the Starbucks and you're like this song came out in 2008 why is it playing here they're a British band they're not that popular could be your angels could be could be Alicia's angels could be my angels and she's she's in behind you in line yeah it wasn't meant for you (laughs) Be not afraid. Okay. Hearing voices. This was in two articles I read. They said sometimes the angels will talk to you and you'll just hear their voices. Not necessarily in a loud, be not afraid. But it could just be like a normal, casual conversation. Like, And it could be like they're talking to you either inside your head 
or you're actually hearing the voice physically outside your body. The articles also said that if you can't understand what the voices are saying, you just politely ask them to speak up. Excuse me. Like you would at the club. What? Sorry, what? That's what I'm like at the club. And they don't mind. They're so happy to try to talk to you again. But I'm just like not sure at what point do you decide hearing voices is a bad thing versus like your angels are talking to you. Like at what point do you go to the therapist and you're like, actually, I think my mental health's deteriorating a lot. Yeah. What do I do? The angels are talking to me. Therapist writes that down. Yeah. Usually schizophrenia is, is paired up with like paranoia and mm-hmm. also the decline of like your self-care in the fact of like how you're eating and if you're bathing. And so if you feel like your life is being adversely affected by these angels, by these angels and you feel afraid, that's when you should go look. There's also a study that in Western civilizations, when people hear voices and have diagnosed schizophrenia, the voices tend to be really aggressive. Whereas mm. like in other cultures, sometimes the voices are actually sort of statistically more positive. And that's because of how society like frames our connection to like the spirit world. Like people in certain cultures, and it's been forever, so I I don't want to be like, you know, this culture, that culture. It was forever ago that I read the article. But like that in certain cultures, people with schizophrenia view these voices as like their ancestors being like encouraging. Or just like a fucking angel. Or a fucking angel, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Sorry I interrupted you earlier. No, you're fine. All angels. All the time. All the time. Then we've got orbs, which at first I was like, that totally makes sense. We've talked about orbs before. They're spooky. That could totally be an angel visitation, like not taking on a form, just like a ball of light following you around, not menacingly, but you don't really know why it's there. Like that seems very angel energy to me. But then the article went on to talk about like when you take a picture And in the picture, the light captures, like, a circular orb-looking thing in your photo. That's called bokeh. Yeah. And you can do that. You can make that happen in your photos. So I have to say that the orb theory has been debunked by the Witch Yes podcast. If you see an orb in your photos, it's probably just the light. Yeah. it's Or dust. Or, yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. I definitely do not put stock in orb photography. No. Unless the orbs spell out milk milk lemonade i was gonna say unless the orbs took their own picture of themselves <laughs> just a selfie it's just two hands like a really just long forearm or like a, two gloves yeah <laughs> two little blue gloves to do in peace sign yeah good statue of liberty that's hilarious certain smells if you can't explain an unexpectedly pleasant smell it may be a sign that a guardian angel is nearby If you find a smell that reminds you of your old grandma's perfume, there's probably an angel around or something, specifically maybe your grandma, and she's going to tell you to call your mother, so you gotta get on that. Rainbows. Rainbow? Rainbows are a symbol of divine love, and when you see a rainbow, you should know that your angels are near you and listening. The rainbow is to bring you encouragement to push on and overcome your problems. Rainbows, I can also get behind. Oh, we support rainbows on this we podcast. We support rainbows, yeah. It's like the day after my dad died, there was a big, beautiful rainbow that came out. Really? Mm-hmm, in Utah. Oh. It was very pretty. Didn't make the pain go away, but no. it was very pretty. Still very traumatizing times. Yes, exactly. And then the last thing is feeling like an angel is near you. Huh. 
Because if you feel like you're in the presence of an angel, you probably are. Just go with your gut instincts. Why not? You know, you may feel like someone just walked past you when no one is there, or you may get the impression someone is present in a room with you when it is empty. Your angels may reach out to you very subtly and wrap you in their wings of love, brush your arm or neck or your hair. Brush my hair, please. Or gently place their hand on your back or shoulder. If you have an overwhelming sensation of just feeling loved, that could be an angel at work too. Or me, hugging you. That's cute. From very far away. Super far. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was angel number. I love this. This is so Instagram. I love this. This is very Instagram. This is another way that angels can communicate with you. And that's just through numbers. Because language always changes. Numbers really don't. So all angels know numbers. They know math. They love math. They love math. If there's a certain combination of numbers that you always notice, that may be an angel number. In numerology, angel numbers are repetitive sequence of numbers, like 1111, for example, that are shown to convey you a divine message. Divine. I didn't know what I was reading. Divine message. 1111. 1111. The Lord's with you. I wish that we had fun accents like that. I really wish I had like a slight southern twang. I think that'd be like really cute and endearing. We're like very Midwestern, which is so eh. There's a bunch of ducks. Because what? (laughs) A goose. Thank you very much. Popular angel numbers are 111. Put yourself out there, baby. Throw that nice dress on. Get on out there. Wave to them pretty boys in the back. 222. Think again. Things are out of balance, so you need to sit down and reassess your life choices and what's happening around you. 333, what do you have to offer in this situation? Okay, now stop thinking about what you have to offer and now, like, offer it. You can bring it. Okay. 444, face things head on. Don't fucking hide. Don't be sneaking. Don't be sneaking. Don't be hiding. You are not in Confrontation. Get loud. Get loud. Be afraid. 555, change is near, embrace it. That's the apocalypse one. It's going to be like five, 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 five everywhere. 666, you fucking repent, the devil is near, which that's not what it is. It's saying, look at things in a new way, in a new perspective. Maybe it's not all bad. Maybe you just need to shift your way of thinking. 777, a spiritual alignment is coming, so watch out. Those are hard. You better get ready. Don't be excited for that one. No, that's a lot of work. 888, buck up, baby. Learn how to balance these responsibilities you have and just roll with it. 999, let go of the old and make room for the new. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. It is coming. It's like August, you know. It is. It's coming. And 000, opportunity awaits. Carpe diem, this bitch. Ya bitch. Come on, grab it by the balls. I think something that's really interesting about all of these angel numbers are that they're sort of in intervals of three. And the 1111, that's four. It is four. And most clocks are also four. And that's why never trust time. Time is an illusion. It is. It's a man Angel numbers are real. Yes. I think that's what we learned from this. Only be looking at receipts and do not buy anything over $9.99. Because then the angels can't find you. That's true. And give you messages. And my crowdfunding link is below, and you can definitely donate $9.99 or $999.
Whatever you want. Only those two. Only those two. Okay, so the leftover Patreon question that we had, that I just wanted to get to really quick, is can angels be evil or neutral? And I did want to point you guys to our Satan episode, which is a very, very good episode, and I was very proud of all of the very hard work that Alicia and I did, because we did a lot of reading for that one. A lot. So... If you're interested, it talks about the War of the Fallen Angels, and that is to say that, yes, like, at the beginning of time, when, you know, the heavens became separate from Earth, there were angels that decided to stay on Earth and actually had sexual relations with humans, created the giants, and that's the story of how Lucifer came to be who he was. Beautiful. Stunning. Any other closing No, I thought this was a lot of good information, and I think there's still way more to be talked about with angels this was a really difficult episode i feel like i say that at the end of every episode but this was a really dense this one was dense though yeah we didn't really go into depth about winged humans in other cultures which would have been really fun we also didn't talk about angel therapy which was something that we were oh yeah that came up in that documentary there are certain types of cults that exclusively worship angels like removed from the bible and then also i think we could have gone into angels of death which are the serial killers oh no that sounds like a great vaults of the obscure episode all right well that fun jingle that means it's time for which is in the news it's time for the news everybody yay our first story is a little bit of witch trial activism we got going on 265 years after 19 people were hanged and dozens more accused during the 1692 witch trials, Massachusetts, 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 Massachusetts lawmakers apologized. Of course, we love a good old apology on this podcast, and so does the state of Massachusetts, because they have a long history of apologizing for the Salem witch trials. Thank you. It like comes up all the time and they're like, I know, I'm sorry, trying to atone for my ancestors' sins. In 1711, colonial legislature passed an act reversing witchcraft convictions, specifically naming 22 individuals and exonerating them. Then there was a 1957 resolution adding the name of Anne Pudieter. And then Halloween in 2001, Governor Jane Swift signed a law adding the names of Bridget Bishop Susanna Martin, Alice Parker, Margaret Scott, and Wilmot Red to the resolution. Nearly 20 years later, a judiciary bill proposes one more name to be added to the list, that of Elizabeth Johnson Jr. And it's not clear why the legislature and courts had not taken action to exonerate her beforehand. Some rumors are, these are the rumors, that Elizabeth Johnson Jr. never married or had a child, so there was really no one advocating for her. Oh, that's that is sucks. That's sad. The other rumor is that I mean, she was in prison for witchcraft, but she wasn't like killed. She got released. She's got like a little tortured, a little like, you know, mangled, left to starve in a dark pit. Yeah, whatever. But we let her go. Either way, Senator Diana DeZoglio said she was inspired to file the bill S1016 by a class and teacher at North Andover Middle School. Apparently, these kids researched an issue for school about the witch trials, found that Elizabeth Johnson Jr. had never been exonerated, and wrote to their senator. Isn't that adorable? It made change for good. It made change for good. 
now that's in the works to get passed so that Elizabeth Johnson Jr. can be hopefully the last person exonerated for her crimes until the next one pops up. It actually really surprises me that Bridget Bishop and Alice Parker and Margaret Scott, it took them until 2001 because they were like like original yeah. of the 13, correct? Maybe people were just mad at them still. I don't know. It is very bizarre. Unless this article's lying to me, but I would choose to believe it wasn't. I choose to believe that too. What would it gain? What would it gain? WWLP.com. Second story, we're going to talk about India's Project Gorima. As we know, there are some towns in India that have a very rampant witchcraft accusation problem. Even last month, a 40-year-old woman's throat was sliced in her sleep with an axe because she was accused of being a witch. Jesus So yeah, that happened in July. 2021, you guys. Those who survived the trauma of mob accusations and lynching and of neighbors and relatives turning against them are often at their wit's end to cope with the crisis. Rehabilitation and counseling to pull them out of depression and trauma is now recognized as a must besides mass education to stop the evil practice of singling out women with fake witch accusations. To address these needs, the tribal state has now launched a project called Garima, or Honor, which aims at uprooting the evil practice of branding women as witches and of rehabilitating the victims, which is amazing. So far, more than 1,000 women who are facing the brunt of accusations of witchcraft in the state have been identified under the project, according to Nancy Sahay, CEO of the Jharkhand State Livelihood Promotion Society, JSLPS. The project aims to reach 2,068 villages, and the efforts are being made to bring women who have like carried this trauma with them back into the mainstream by connecting them with more and more victims so that they can have a community together of people who have gone through similar experiences and connecting them with community organizations and just other resources to help them reassimilate into society and for them to feel safe. That's amazing. Isn't that beautiful? I love that the not only is it about like community care, but it's also about education. It's not entirely within the realm of like, Let's put these people in the prison system. Yeah. Like, let's take these people and just keep punishing people for or just hurting. like throw them off to some relative who doesn't know how to like handle the situation yeah. either, you know? So it's very smart. And then our last story is about the Good Witch series finale. And so right now you're thinking, bitch, we talked about this last week. I was going to say that. Exactly. And that is true. They had the series finale. Like, how much do you think I can even talk about them after this? Like, After this, you guys, they're dead to us. We're moving on. On the series finale of The Good Witch, super spoiler alert for anyone who is watching the show, the characters Joy and Zoe kiss. (gasps) I don't know who these people are. Gay. I love it. I don't know why their character arc is important to the story, but this kiss at, what, the end of seven seasons, this kiss is the first same-sex kiss on a Hallmark show ever. Oh, my God. Chills. Chills. Little chills. Chills. Which is cool, but also like, what? Actually, it's 2021. The Hallmark channel has been around forever. Forever. So it's like, cool, but not cool. Better late than never. Better late than never, but you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> You should have been doing this. You should have been one of the first. 
Give us our gay love stories. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, sure. We also had a baby witch named Anna Rose DM me, and they said that The Good Witch is now on Netflix for anyone who wants to watch it, and that the show is a little boring at first. And she stopped watching it, so we don't know if it gets better. Wait, she <laughs> she's my inside man, but... She's like, listen, it's bad. Listen, not worth your time. You asked. And I was like, I did ask. I asked someone to tell me if it was worth it, and she reached down and was like, nah. That's so funny. I was about to be like, oh, we should do like, like we'll watch it and do commentary. You know, people do for like The Bachelor, but we'll do it for The Good Witch. Maybe we'd have to just do the first episode and see how it goes. The most boring. Because it could just be like, okay, nothing happens. A Patreon exclusive. Cool. Cool, cool. And that's been Witches in the News. Yay! Yay! You know, Alicia, she's been giving us really nice sandwiches the past couple months because we've really needed them and I think it's really important that in this episode that you did come back and remind us that things are still not good bad shit's out there you guys yeah like people are still in danger it's true you always got to keep that in mind can't go to India and wear your witch yes podcast shit can wear the ones that don't say witch yes you could wear the very cool wolf shirt might be too spooky though I don't know I do not know Now we're going to transition into the spell, and this is How to Get Rid of the Evil Eye by Carla Siccone. And we haven't talked about kitchen witchcraft in a while, so I found this article on Bon Appetit. You did not. This is so funny. What? Isn't this cute? Carla wrote about Italian kitchen witchery in her article and said that Italians believe that you could catch the evil eye at any time from, like, an acquaintance, stranger, whatever. They could be like... Nice tits, evil eye, you know, like it can just be sprung up on you like fucking that. Here's your bill, evil eye. Exactly. Symptoms include fogginess, headaches, migraine, fever, stomach pain, dizziness, menstruation, bad luck, financial ruin. I don't know. Having a child, not having a child, serious illness and death. Holy shit. I don't know. So having any of these symptoms or just feeling like not good. Here's how to check if the evil eye is upon you and how to banish it. What you will need, a white bowl, olive oil. I like the extra virgin kind, but take your pick. If it doesn't have a little man with a mustache on it, I'm not about it. Water and scissors. You will fill the white bowl with water. Then you will slowly drip the olive oil into it. So you might want one of those like little guys on the top of your olive oil. So it's like a drip drip and not just a slosh. Yeah, you want like the little tubes or like yeah, the like little, little guy. tube. Yeah, make it fancy. If the oil gathers into globs in the water, you're not cursed. You're good. Like wash that bowl. Have a great day. Forget about the evil eye. You're good. But if the oil scatters around the bowl frantically, then baby, you've got the evil eye of Sauron looking down on you. And we got to banish that shit. We gotta clear it up right we now. We gotta clear it up. Or else it's gonna get infected. Exactly. It's like a bad pimple. You gotta take care of that. You can't go outside until it's done. To banish the evil eye, take your pair of scissors and open and close the scissors above the bowl. Think about banishing this evil eye and kind of like you're cutting into it and you're like removing any kind of like connection you have to the evil eye. Then either clean this bowl or fill another white bowl with water and drip the olive oil into it again. Once the oil sticks together, the eye is gone. If it doesn't stick together, you got to put on your comfy shoes because you need to do this all day until it does. So just keep repeating. Do the scissor thing. Think about cutting this bad cord from you. And hopefully 
you can move on with your day soon, but you might need to set aside like another few hours just in case. Clear your appointments. Clear your appointments. Worst comes to worst, buy better olive oil. Maybe that's the problem. And that is an Italian hack on how to banish the evil eye. Thank you, Carla Sacconi. Thank you, Carla. How lovely. And that's it. And that's been our episode. I forgot to put the link for the closer. Oh, my God. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod for the music and the intro and outro. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, for the crowdfunding video. We edited together like me dressed as a ghost wandering around New York City. And the music we put under the crowdfunding video was a Kevin McLeod song. Really? That's so funny. We are carrying this man. I love this man. He's genius. I'd also really like to thank anybody that's been leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to our podcast. It really helps the algorithm and helps other people find us. We don't advertise anywhere, so this is really the only way that people, besides word of mouth, can be sort of introduced to our podcast. So hopefully wherever you go, you're giving us five stars. It also helps if you write something. You could write something nice. You could write something mean. But if the five stars are there, I think I'm going to be okay with it. If they want to find you, Alicia, where can they find you? You find me on Instagram at Alicia period herder. And then where could I find you, Tara? You can find me on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And then you can find my private Instagram at underscore little moss. I just see if you're following Alicia or which yes. And then you can find the podcast at which yes on Instagram. You can head over to Facebook and join which yes, the Facebook coven. You can email us at which yes podcast at gmail.com. You can, you can join d- the Discord, yeah. Yes. I was like, what else is there? We, we have, have so, so many. And you can also find us on Patreon. $5 and above Patreon witches are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast for them. Whoop, whoop. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, everyone on Patreon getting early access to things. So they know about fun merch things that are coming up. They know about what the next episode is and on top of that they get to ask questions so when we say oh one of our other questions was were angels really cool that's a patreon question (laughs) and there are a lot of the things we would have not gotten into today if someone hadn't asked about it it's true it's very true yeah patreon's the place to be baby and it's it's not just like oh i'm only getting two episodes a month we have hours and hours and hours backlog a back catalog a b-side one may say (laughs) And again, Alicia's show that she's working on is called Ghost Town. There's a link to the crowdfunding campaign in this episode. Please come to my show September 9th at Sweet Lorraine in Red Hook, Brooklyn. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. There's going to be free wine and beer, and I'll be there. Maybe you'll say hi to me, and I won't feel like nobody showed up to my ninth birthday party again. I'll be there. If I had known you when we were nine, I would have been there. You think? Mm -hmm. Would we have been friends? I don't know. Probably not. I think wouldn't have interacted because we're in separate grades yeah if we met on the playground i bet we would have been yeah or like we're neighbors or something oh for sure then yeah like all the little kids the neighbor kids Mm -hmm. it's like a fucking click anyways and this has been which yes bye